Hey, Fred, Keith here. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to jump in really quickly to share with you about a little book that I've just put out recently. It's called Breakup, How to Heal and Thrive After a Relationship Ends. You know, I had a marriage of about 24, 25 years end in divorce, and it crushed me. I mean, it really got me down. But after I licked my wounds for a while, I decided I need to put together a strategic plan to pivot from this loss into my next chapter. So I put together this little plan that I call Thrive. So if you're going through a breakup right now, or maybe you've just gone through one recently and you could use a little help, I encourage you to look for the link in the show notes and check out Breakup, How to Heal and Thrive After Relationship Ends. All right, now on with the show. Well, hello there, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Father Keith Brown, also known as The Buy Guy. And my mission in life, as well as the mission of this podcast, is to help my LGBTQIA Christian family heal their church trauma, create healthy and happy relationships, and construct authentic and affirming faith if they desire. So if that's you, guess what? You're in the right place. You are truly welcome here, I promise. Now, a couple disclaimers, if I may. Number one, the views expressed in this program are either the views of myself or my guests, and they should be considered as such. Number two, I am not a licensed therapist, nor am I a medical professional. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a licensed professional. Otherwise, grab a cup of coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, and I am so very, very thankful that you have decided to listen to this uh, podcast episode today. I realize that you could listen to any number of podcasts, or you could be doing something else or listening to music right now, but you've decided to listen to this podcast. And I'm going to tell you from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Some of you have subscribed to this podcast. You listen to every episode, and You know, there's no way I can possibly express my gratitude to you for that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep listening. Keep helping me spread the message of love and help and and inclusion as we go forward in trying to create the best lives we can possibly have. Okay. Today is a Table Talks episode, and I have labeled this episode basically how religious platitudes can be toxic in trauma recovery. Now, let me say right up front, if you listen to this podcast or you follow me on social media or connected with me in any way, you will probably know that I am a Christian. I am a follower of Jesus. I, I profess to be a Christian. I have been a Christian most of my life, actually, um, and I have practiced the faith for again, most of my life. So being a Christian is who I am. It's part of what I do and how I do it. But having said that, I have also been in the church long enough to hear some of the things that in my mind can be painful to people who are going through trauma, who are experiencing the pains of life. Let me give you a couple examples. Now, If you were raised in the church, you've probably have heard a few of these, right? And I I want you just to listen to sound and think if any of these sound familiar to you. They probably will. Let's imagine that someone comes to a small, um, say, Sunday school group in a a local church, and and they speak up and they say, you know what, um, friends, I have really, really been in 
have been felt feeling very, very anxious lately. I've just been really suffering with a high degree of anxiety. And then someone in the room steps uh, steps up to the plate, so to speak, and says, well, you know what? You just got to trust God. You just got to trust God. If you trust God, then, you know, all things are going to work out. Right? Now, do you think that that was comforting to this person who was suffering a degree, a high degree of anxiety and feeling it in their bodies? Well, no, probably not. The statement was indeed true. I mean, at some point, if you are a person of faith, you know, especially, you have to entrust God and God's help, right? But that's not all. And that's not always a very helpful thing to say and just flippantly throw out to someone who is, in this example, suffering from anxiety. A better result might be, you know what? I, I understand. I, ha- I had a period in my life when I was feeling that same way. I was having incredible anxiety. And, um, you know, I just kept beating myself up for it. And, and I sort of felt weak because of it and, and uh, you know, whatever. But let me share with you, if I may, we can talk about it if you'd like. I'll share with you some of the things that I did personally to help me get through my anxiety. Right? Now, that doesn't bring down the power of God or somehow say that faith is not important. All it is doing is connecting these two people and offering some practical, doable advice that can become helpful. Here's another one. Um, imagine there's a lady and she goes to her ladies group at the church, right? All these women gather together in fellowship and they do different things in ministry for people. And they're all gathered in this room. And she says, you know, ladies, you know, we're, we're a tight group here. So I want to share something with you, if I may. And they said, of course, share it. She says, I'm just struggling lately because my husband and I, we, we just are fighting all the time, and we feel so disconnected right now. And it's, it's scaring me, to be honest with you. And one of the ladies says, well, sweetie, I'm sorry. We'll put you on the prayer list. And then they go back to doing what they were doing. Now, if you think that never happens, then you've never been around the church very long. Because somebody can be vulnerable and express a trouble or a need, and somebody will say, oh, well, we'll add it to the prayer list. Or, I'll pray for you. Knowing good and well that a lot of people that say that never once say even a single prayer about that situation. Now, some do. I'll give them that. But many do not. But what might that group have done or said or, you know, offered instead? It would be something like, sweetie, we're so sorry to hear that, you know, and truthfully, probably most of us in this room who have been married for any length of time have always felt those times, has also felt those times of struggle or, you know, a little disconnect in our, in our relationships. And, you know, we're willing to offer you any advice if you want, you know, anything that we saw or did that helped us. Um, and we would also really encourage you maybe go to, to see the pastor and see if he has any insight or, you know, I, I know somebody that, um, 
goes to a, uh, a, a counselor. And if you'd like for me to, I'd be glad to get their name and number because they say that that she's really good. And, you know, maybe it would be something that you and your husband might want to consider. Do you see the difference? Not one of those statements depletes the power of God. None of those statements take God out of the equation completely at all. But what those statements would do is to give understanding and love and grace to the person who is opening up and sharing so vulnerably to the group. Open themselves up to say, look, guys, I am hurting. This is really worrying me. You got anything for me? And then hearing something besides, well, dear, we'll put you on the prayer list. Well, la-di-da, thank you very much. And then these churches have prayer lists that are about three pages long that most people never even look at once. And the practical help is not there. And that place that a lot of those people go to receive love and, and fellowship and encouragement and instruction can also drop the ball when it comes to all of those things. The true intimate care that a person needs. Let me give you another very personal example, if I may. It's coming up on the year anniversary of my father's passing. And I could tell you that most of my extended family and friends of my parents, um, you know, church people, we had a ton of visitors in that waiting room for those for those several days of sitting in that waiting room while my dad was on life support and and dealing with the anguish of knowing that he was leaving us. And I could tell you over and over and over again, people would come into that room and say, well, we just know that, you know, you know. God's will, and you know he's he's going to be so much better off, and and you know we just need to be thankful that he's going to be in a better place, and all these kind of things. And if you're a person of faith and you believe in the afterlife, and you believe that when you are leaving this existence here on this earth, and you become present with God, then yes, all those things may be true. They may be part of your faith. But let me tell you, as someone who is sitting there hurting, mourning, grieving the ultimate death of my dad, in those moments, a man who has served God even vocationally for years, a man who has walked alongside people who I've lost and grieved, people who are hurting, people, you know, teaching people and ministering to people in all types of ways, that same man is sitting in that room hurting at the bottom of his core. I mean, I could tell you, I was so sad. I was so beaten down. I was so grief struck stricken because I loved my dad. And honestly, all of those platitudes, really, there were times, and I'm going to confess here, there were times when I had to get up and leave the waiting room. Because I'm going to tell you, they hit me wrong. Now, I know that none of those people had bad intent. None of those people wanted to say anything that hurt me. None of those people meant anything negative by it. But I'm going to tell you that those common platitudes, those common expressions of Christian faith when people are hurting, and in this case, grieving, will sometimes not be what they need. 
it's just a simple little way of trying to say something when you feel that you have to. But you know what was most helpful for me? When someone would come over and they would put their arm around my shoulders and just hold me. Or someone would come over and lift up my hand and hold my hand and look me in the eyes and say, I know. I get it. I love you. And then shut up. They shut up. And they just helped me. They just were there with me. They were just there to love me and support me. They weren't there to give me some theological reason why my dad was dying. They weren't there to try to, you know, play whatever. They were there in genuine compassion. They were there to give support, encouragement, and just presence. Again, I am a man of faith. I, I truly am. I'm a man. And and if you're not, you know, you, you have every right not to be. Um, we have the freedom to be whatever we choose for ourselves, but I am. So therefore, I do believe that there is a great God, and I do believe that God can intervene, and I do believe that God can do anything, including heal someone miraculously in a moment's notice. However, in my many years of life, I have most often seen God not move in that way. Most often I have seen God simply being present as we heal, as we go through day in and day out of working on the traumas in our lives, believing that there is comfort and presence there, but knowing that we still have a responsibility to do things for each other and ourselves to heal and get better. So all I am trying to say in this particular episode is this. Be careful of the platitudes. Be careful of those common expressions that people in faith often throw out. Sometimes it's nothing but a filler when they don't really have anything else to say or they don't know what to say. I believe that sometimes the best care and help that we can give another person who is going through the pain of trauma, whatever kind it is, is to simply be there, but be quiet. Just be there and say nothing. Be there and hold their hand. Be there and Listen. Be there and listen. Be there and listen. I can't say that too many times. Because so many of us, when people are hurting, we want to go in and we just feel like we have to say the right thing and, and do the right thing and, and show some strength to this person and all this stuff. And you know what most people need when they're going through trauma? It's just to be able to express their hurts, their need, their troubles, and not be judged for it. 
for someone to simply say, just get it out. Say whatever you need to. And I promise you, I'm here and I'm not going to judge you. So let me ask you, dear friend, if you are a person who loves other people, and you, I am sure, if you are living, breathing, and listening to me right now, there are people in your life that are truly hurting. It may not be some grand, acute trauma, big T trauma, but I guarantee you there are people in your life that are going through a hard time right now. So what do we do? We simply be present. Be present. And there is no greater display of love than that. And let me also say, please, if you're listening to my voice and you are going through a hard time right now, especially if you are a part of the LGBTQ plus community and you are um, 45 and older, let's say, Gen, Gen X boomers, you are my people. Um, even though I have worked with people of every age, I love working with people who are 45 and over because I know that sometimes we think differently than do younger ones. So I'm going to tell you, if you're an older person right now and you're listening to me and you need someone to truly talk to that you can trust, that's confidential and will have your best interest at stake, then I want to offer my services to you. Yeah, you, that's a shame, shameful plug, I guess. But you know what? That's why I'm here. That's why I do what I do. And that's why God has equipped me and I have prepared to do it because I want to be here for you. Okay? So uh, I just wanted to throw that out. If you can use me, please do. Otherwise, please seek someone that you can talk to and can get help from. And don't feel bad if you get sometimes disturbed when you hear those flippant little expressions, because guess what? So do I. So do I. All right. Till next time, my friend, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God bless you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, my friend, this episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.